0: Well, it's the day after that the Minnesota Vikings failed to make the NFC playoffs, and it was just a win, and you're in. We heard it all week long. The Vikings can take care of business. If they did so, they could possibly move up to a five seed seat if Seattle lost to Arizona, which was almost going to happen and help the Vikings. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles, all that they needed to do was lose to Washington, but Nick Foles and the Eagles had other ideas. So as the game progressed, he kind of knew what had to happen, which was the Vikings needed to beat the Bears after having really a lackluster first half. Um, very similar to the Detroit Lions' first half. You thought, well, maybe they could be in this game if they come out and make a stop defensively, put some points on the board. And Derek Hanson with you, I'm Chase Miller. And D, I I hate to say it, but it felt like a carbon copy of the Detroit Lions game. And a lot of people are blaming Kirk Cousins. I know we got some uh, hate going to Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. I think you and I have talked about it all year long. The offensive line has become more and more glaring. But after that 60-minute ball game. What do you take away from that Minnesota Vikings lost uh, against the Chicago Bears on Sunday?
1: Well, I think we got plenty of things to criticize the Vikings for, both in the front office and on the field. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think at some point we do have to give a lot of credit to what the Chicago Bears did this year. I mean, that was a, a football team that dominated the Vikings, both at Soldier Field and both at the U.S. Bank Stadium this past Sunday. So we – They're the three seed in the NFC right now, and if you're the Los Angeles Rams, knowing that's most likely who you're going to play unless the Eagles can pull it out in Soldier Field. Dude, the Bears have been very tough to beat in Chicago this year. I wouldn't necessarily want to play that team right now because the defense is dominant. They were actually pretty good last year, but they just couldn't do anything offensively, and Mitchell Trubisky is doing the things that you need to do to win in the NFL. Case Keenum showed it last year. Be good. On third down and not turn the ball over at key times, and that's what the recipe is for success. I don't care what anyone else tells you. You can get caught up in fantasy football numbers that can lie to you, but that's what the Bears have done all year: is be really good on defense, keep the chains moving in very unique ways. They're doing. I mean, they're really catering the whole offense to him, and they are balanced. I mean, we Cohen and and Howard are very good. I mean, and there's a reason that the Vikings. Who have a very good defense looked off center yesterday? They could not get off the ball, get off the field on third down. They're helped out by a, you know, I guess a ticky tack, and the Vikings were the recipient of a ticky tack, a, a personal foul penalty with a pass, uh, roughing the passer too. But first of all, the Bears are a pretty good football team. Secondly, I mean, Kirk Cousins is who he is, right? He has proven he can win. He can put up some gaudy numbers for you but he can't win the big game yet. And I'm not holding out hope that he can't do it the next two years under this current contract, but right now the Minnesota Vikings went after a quarterback who looked pretty good. He certainly shows you some sexy things on the field, and I know the offensive line isn't great, but it's still the same offensive line you had last year, more or less, outside of Nick Easton and and what have you, that uh, got you to the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, they need to solidify that a little bit, but... I think Kirk Cousins has to step up and be that leader and win a big game for
0: you. And the biggest difference with Kirk Cousins compared to Case Keenum, if you look just at the ground game, is Case, how many times the pocket collapsed and he made something happen, whether he rolled out, rushed for five yards or ten yards, moved the chains, where Cousins is more like a Sam Bradford. He's going to drop back now. He's got more mobility than Sam Bradford does when Sam was with the Purple, however, you kind of need to make a pocket for him. Very similar, if you watch the Indianapolis game against the Tennessee Titans, how many times could Andrew Luck step up in the pocket and fire down the field against that Titans defense? It's just
1: a knack. Yeah, that
0: that that's what they need. And you know, Mike Zimmer wants to run the ball, Derek. But here's the problem: when you're going up against these PJ Fleck, Fleck word elite defenses in the NFL, the Vikings in two games combined against the Bears this year, 29 rushing attempts. For 85 yards, for an average of 2.93 yards per pop. And if you can't run the ball, you become one dimensional, and there's only so much Kirk Cousins can do if that offensive line cannot protect.
1: Yeah, Mike Remmers just got blown up. And, you know, we talked so much about the offensive line. I think personnel wise, they just made some mistakes, and they started it last year. I've been on this guy, you know, saying that he should be a starting for a long time now. Danny is a door, is a true guard, and he can make holes for you. Mike Remmers is not a true guard. They keep putting him at right guard. And you got uh, a young kid, O'Neal, who they like a lot. Hopefully, and I, I don't doubt that he can be a pretty good player, but you know, Remmers got knocked on his can a couple times on Sunday. It was embarrassing, right? On national TV, he got embarrassed. He had a holding call. He got he just got bull rushed a couple times right in the face of Kirk Cousins and Delvin Cook. So it's a, it's a problem right now, and they need to – I don't think Tom Compton's all that good either, so – I mean, they, they they have a guard problem. I think Riley Reese okay. I think we all like Elfling. Hopefully, he can still can stay healthy here, and they're going to go with O'Neal. But they have to solidify some guards right now, and that's been one of their biggest problems. And part of the reason they can't run the ball, especially against these teams that decide that they're going to go run some type of three four and kind of you know try to really match up on the guards too.
0: Is Mike Zimmer to blame? Is it Rick Spielman? Because after you don't make the playoffs, there's a lot of blame game going around, especially with the expectations that were on this team coming off an NFC championship appearance from last year. We we know what Tony Sperano's death probably has done to this year's team. Uh, another offense coordinator spot that goes by the wayside with DeFilippo and then um, you know, so there was that rift with Mike Zimmer and the Vikings offense early on. We know about their defense not looking great to start the year, but later in the season they looked a little bit better. So is Zimmer and Spielman's hot seat warming, Derek? Because this is three times now under five years under Zimmer that the Vikings didn't make the playoffs. And you want to talk about a roller coaster, this has been the definition of a really, really good year. One year you make the postseason, the next year you fall up short. What happened Last year, they make the NFC Championship Minneapolis Miracle, and this year, again, you fall up short of making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, well, I think if you look at it to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you, you just almost penciled them in the playoffs every year, right? And they didn't make it this year. And, and you know Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh doesn't fire many guys. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. I mean, in my lifetime, we've had three coaches for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? And so it does happen. You just – you're off. I mean, you you looked at the schedule when it came out for the Vikings. You knew it was a little tougher. You had that Buffalo Bills loss in the middle there. That didn't make any sense. And you you thought you had a good win against the Eagles, and I guess now it looks better. You know, there's a time there that win against the Eagles didn't look all that good. You know, outside of that, what was your best win? That was probably it, right? I mean, And so, you know, you couldn't win at New England. You couldn't win at Seattle. You're going to have to win some of these games you're not expecting to win. So, I mean, you can – you can kind of – I go back to what I originally said. There's a lot of good football teams in the NFL. Would you put your mortgage on two teams right now with these 12 teams that are in, this, in the playoffs? No. I, I, it's a toss-up, isn't it? I mean, I like the Chiefs and Saints. They would be my favorite, the two one seeds, but I will not put my mortgage on it. And, and I think that's what you're looking at here is a, a lot of good football teams trying to get into the tournament. And you know, we got 12 in, and I think it's going to be a pretty good – you know my Vikings aren't in it, but I think it's a pretty good uh, playoff set. It's certainly intriguing with a lot of great storylines.
0: So we mentioned a little bit about the blame, but what's the fix? Is the fix simply Derek, as much as finding offensive lineman in the draft where you're going to be, you know, in the late teens, early twenties because he didn't make the playoffs, but you still have a good enough record that you're going to be, you know, on the middle part of the draft? Is it a matter of finding someone um, outside and bringing someone in via trade, a free agency, or like you mentioned earlier, if these guys can stay healthy for an entire year? that can maybe help out a little bit. But is it just as simple as looking at the offensive line and then going you know, away from from that after you fix that problem?
1: Well, I think that's – if you're to think about the glaring holes, because when you look at this team on paper, if healthy, you like it, right? Very much so. I mean, that's the thing. It just drives <laughs> you crazy outside of that offensive line. And the guards I mentioned, for sure, for me anyway, it's the, it's the offensive guard play. So, I mean, outside of that, you're going, man, how does this team not make the playoffs? And, that, and that's the one thing that you look at. So I think, you know, I don't know, necessarily know if you draft a rookie if all of a sudden they're going to come in, and I guess they've had some history of it. Todd Stucy was good as a rookie. Corey Stringer was good as a rookie. I'd say Matt Khalil probably has best year as a rookie. So, I mean, it can happen. But uh, I don't think there's uh, any doubt they want to go that way. They also have some personnel decisions they have to think about internally, right? And this Anthony Barr thing with not much cap space, that's going to be intriguing. Because if I'm Anthony Barr and I don't get franchised, I'm looking at going to a team that plays a 3-4 so I can go put my finger in the dirt. Because the days of going to try to cover tight ends and wide receivers might be behind me, but I know I can get 11 sacks a year if I'm an outside linebacker, right?
0: Very it, similar to a Von miller as oh, for the Denver yeah. Broncos.
1: I wouldn't want to, you know, that that's something I'd be looking at if I was him. It's not to say that Coach Zimmer couldn't mix that into this his defensive package, but I think that's some, one thing that they can look at. You know, speaking of that, kind of getting to the what you were originally asking, I do think that Coach Zimmer does have to kind of do some – because I don't think he will get fired. I don't think he should get fired right now. But I do think he has to look on how he wants to coach his team. and I think – you don't want to get into the world of maybe uh, trying to you know take control of too much because if you're going to, you got to give up the reins. I think he, he needs to have someone go in there and just take control of the defense. I know he feels like he's a defensive guru, and he in some aspects he is, but I think he needs to just kind of give up the defense, have his hands into whatever he wants. You know, if you're going to meddle in the offense so much that you're going to have an offensive coordinator quit in the middle of the season like Nor- Norv Turner, you go get a guy that you seem to like, and then he leaves for another head coaching job with the New York Giants, and then you fire another offensive coordinator midseason. Obviously, you need to be in those meetings so the offensive coordinator knows what the hell you want to do.
0: And that's the deal with the NFL where you have a Sean McVay kind of thing where he's on the offensive side, but he's got Wade Phillips on defense, and he doesn't really meddle so much in that, to your point and I think a lot of people have said that about Zimmer, is that the challenge flag, for example, after Kirk Cousins rushed for it and got the fourth and one, and they throw the challenge flag out there and it was so late, and the fact that the Bears didn't line up anybody over the center made it easy for Kirk Cousins to get that one yard. There's things about the head coaching spot, which Mike Zimmer still feels like a rookie at sometimes, or the challenge flags where you're kind of shaking your head as a fan, listening or watching the game or just reading about afterwards going, what happened here with Mike Zimmer, and to your point, you have George Edwards, who I'm surprised hasn't left Minnesota, or right. maybe he's wanted to leave Minnesota, maybe he hasn't gotten any offers, but if you believe that George Edwards is someone that you can put the trust in on the defense and you can still you know, add your pieces to it when you want, then allow him to do it. Same thing to your point offensively, because is Kevin Stefanski the guy moving forward? Are they going to bring someone else in? All that I know is the revolving door around offense coordinators if I'm an OC somewhere looking for a job, a you always want security, but Minnesota is not going to be the security for an offensive coordinator under Mike Zimmer right now.
1: Well, and all these guys know each other, right? So if you're a maybe a quarterbacks coach somewhere, is like the next hot prospect, and you know he may know Norv Turner or John D. He goes, hey, what's the deal there? Oh, you don't want to deal with that guy, <laughs> you know. And then that could happen, so you your list might get a little bit short. It's kind of what the Tennessee Volunteers went through a couple years ago. They uh, the fan base went crazy when they were going to hire G- Greg Schiano and mm-hmm. then they're left with maybe their third choice you know th- that's what you have to look at if you can be ho- overly critical of your guy i mean the reputation is out there you No, know, for coach Zimmer know what it's like to work with you, you, that guy as that offensive coordinator so that's a very good point it's i'm going to be intrigued to see what happens here when it comes to the if Safransky gets the the shot or not i, I I think what showed here the past couple of weeks, it's not just an offensive coordinator situation. It, it, they got a, it, they do have a problem with Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry. Yes, he gets harassed and doesn't have a lot of time always, but he also is not a quarterback who makes his own time. He's not
0: hitting the check down, no, at all. I mean, he's
1: well, and sometimes it might be done a chuck down Charlie too much. You know, I mean, I think. I think when you get popped a few times and you're feeling the pressure, then you get happy feet like you did the last two times against the Bears. Then you start to press a little bit too much. And then you get in arguments with your wide receiver who's trying to run to, to the pylon. That When you could read his mouth saying, I, I don't have 10 seconds, well, you had enough, sec- enough seconds to get it to that further where Thielen was going. I didn't buy that at all. I th- thought Thielen was right on that argument. So it, it, was a, it was a frustrating season. It was a frustrating end of the season. As a Viking fan, I'm glad I don't have to sit there Sunday and watch them get their brains beat in by the Bears again, if you want to look at it that way, but uh, I I do think they have a lot of things to figure out internally, and it's all going to start, I think, with the Anthony Barr decision. You know, do they franchise him? Do they let him walk? I mean, how is that all going to play out? That's going to be a real interesting storyline.
0: So the Anthony Barr situation, something we're going to be looking forward to. Obviously, the offensive line, whether it's help in the offseason or help within the draft, and you know, once you're going to have to talk about Kirk Cousins, is who's going to be the next offense coordinator that Kirk Cousins has to learn their system, whether it's a lot different than Filippo, whether it is Stefanski, or where will Mike Zimmer kind of be meddling his hands into the situation. We'll find a whole lot more, Derek. One more thing before uh, we bid adieu here on this podcast: the 2019 schedule came out, and I know that a lot can change from if you play the Philadelphia Eagles, for example, in Week Two of the season, then Week 16 of the season. Same thing for the Vikings: right. health is a lot different. Who do they bring in between now and then, and so forth? But I tell you what: on paper, the away games. This might be the toughest away schedule ever in Vikings history. That. I can remember, so here's here's the schedule. Three-way games, you got the Bears, Packers, and Lions. We all know that every year, home and away. But on the road, you're going to the Giants, who should be better than what they were this year on their second year of Musgrave out there, and Saquon Barkley, what's Eli Manning's situation going to look like? But there's game number four. Game number five on the road, now not necessarily in this order, right. Dallas Cowboys, playoff team.
1: Maybe Thanksgiving Day.
0: Going to Big D. There you go. Lost Maybe. It. Uh, Well, And you're also playing at Detroit, so you have two chances for Thanksgiving. You're going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, that's not a big venue in itself, and half the people that are there root for the opposition. They're not in a new place yet? I don't don't think they are, no. So you got the Chargers, but that's a very good ball club. The Chiefs at Arrowhead, then again, for some reason, they're at Seattle. So that's your road schedule for the Vikings.
1: So they got Philly, because they play the NFC East and the AFC West, I do believe, right? And then they
0: got the Philadelphia Eagles at home, the Redskins at home, the Raiders at home, the Broncos at home, and the Falcons at home.
1: So you really got to go 8-0 at home, right? That's what you feel like. Yeah, I mean, you have to and try to get a couple road wins, whether it be at Lambeau, at Chicago, at, yeah, it's it's tough. Look at this year, it wasn't really easy. You had the Super Bowl champs on the road, you had the... Super Bowl runner-ups on the road. You had Seattle, which is always a tough place to play. That wasn't no gimme by any means. So no, it's uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't get any easier. But like you said, you don't know what these teams are going to look like either. You know, the, you know, Minnesota looked like a team you didn't really want to play in the schedule if you're another team this year. And by the end of the year, it wasn't all really all that bad.
0: Not too bad at all. But I, all that I know is looking at it right now. If Mike Zimmer doesn't have a hot seat going right now and Rick Spielman next year, if they end up in the same situation, you uh, you and I both know how long-tenured Spielman has been and how long-tenured yeah. Mike Zimmer has been. I mean, the Arizona Cardinals, one year with their coach and gone. And, and this is this is a business that's not going to let you normally sit around for more than a year or two and try to develop your system. If, if your system doesn't work after some point – they're getting someone else in your place.
1: Yeah, no, it's not for long is what Jerry Glanfield said, right? That's it's, the NFL, not for long.
0: So the Vikings finished 8-7-1. Again, they missed the playoffs. Thanks for tuning in to this purple podcast right here on 740thefan.com.